I'm Rick Wilson, and welcome to The Enemies List. Today, I'll be joined by my good friend, Molly Jong Fast. Molly and I had a podcast together for a long time, some of you may remember, called The New Abnormal. She now has the terrific Fast Politics podcast, and we're going to talk today about Elon Musk becoming the new lord of the hellscape known as Twitter. We're going to talk about Donald Trump returning to the platform, where the 2022 campaign stands, a little bit about the terrible attack on Paul Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi's husband, and just cover the rest of the waterfront on American politics today. It's the kind of conversation that we um, hope you guys enjoy. I also want to have a personal note before we get started. The podcast premiered at number four in the politics category on Apple Podcasts. I am so deeply grateful to everyone for your your kind words, your support, your listens. It means a lot to me that we're going to be able to continue this discussion and and have some really smart conversations on this uh, on this show. There was also maintained what was called an enemies list. Democrats want Republicans dead. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Well, folks, welcome back to The Enemies List. And my guest today is one of my best friends and one of the most funny and amazing people you can hope to meet in the world. It is the (laughs) wonderful Molly Jong Fast. Molly, how are you today? Wait, did I get a better introduction than George Conway or no? Oh, God, much better. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm just checking. Yeah, of course. That's all I I care about. Listen, I... That's all I care about. I That's all you care about. Win. I get it. I see how it is. I yeah. see how it is. Well, yeah. listen. That's really all I care about. You know, we've, we've got a ton of stuff going on. The uh, hellscape we all inhabit through whatever curse of a cruel and, and, and capricious God, uh, Twitter was taken over for, by Elon Musk. And Molly, I guess that's sort of the big story of, of how Elon's Twitter takeover is starting to... Um, be interpreted both on the left and the right and by advertisers on the platform. Um, so let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on the, on the sudden like celebrations on the right and dread on the left at, at the, at Elon Musk taking over the platform? You know, I think it's pretty interesting because I do think that, and in fact, you saw this immediately, right? Elon was like, Welcome back. The bird is free. That said, it. it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, a little bit Joker-esque, right? Like the <laughs> Arkham Asylum is ours. Like we're reclaiming the internet, you know, we're bringing back Laura Loom- Loomer and all the broken toys. <laughs> and then all of a sa- sudden he was like, oh, shit, advertisers. Mm-hmm. And like, so then he publishes a letter that's like, dear advertisers, like, You know, so, I mean, what I think is amazing about Elon Musk and why I um, always appreciate his forays into the culture is that he's never, like, totally thought it through. So he's, like, all of a sudden, he realizes, like, $44 billion, right? He overpaid for something that's probably worth, like, you know, a A half, maybe a a little bit less. A gajillion is the technical term. Right. 
Right, exactly. He overpaid for something. And now, like, a large amount of his net worth is all wrapped up in this. And remember, like, that's Tesla stock. That's, you know, that's voting power in Tesla. So it's not just that he could, like, lose his personal fortune. It's that he can lose the company that is, like, pretty much, and SpaceX, right? I mean, so I do think that that... um you know, all of a sudden he realizes like he can't just he can't just burn it to the ground like he may or may not want. And he has to actually try to make have it make money. You, and you mean, ultimately, you, mean the, you mean you don't think it's going to be good for the platform for, for advertisers <laughs> to see the return of of guys with Twitter handles like Jew killer 44? And- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think what the timing of this is super interesting if you think about Kanye, because like Kanye West tweeted mm-hmm. something about the Jews. Uh, right. I say this as a Jew myself. Um, and it immediately, uh, he was immediately canceled from polite society and also not just polite society, but corporate society. So like Balenciaga, oh, yeah. Adidas, mm-hmm. right? So like, there's a pretty good sign. Like you can't get canceled from the Republican party, right? right. But you can get canceled from brands yeah eventually the market eventually the market works its magic as the as conservatives used to believe right. I, I mean the the kanye story is so it's such a remarkable story of a of a person with mental illness being exploited by the people around him and by fox in particular trying to make him into an icon right. of the right and all this stuff and you know i don't know call me crazy but when you want to call your album hitler maybe you should reconsider whether or not medication could do something for you and and, and whether whether or I'm, not you I'm, you should be under professional treatment. I, I have to say, I, I think that call, I mean, that you have to, the, the larger question has to be like, what does this say about Kim Kardashian, that she was married to this guy who wanted to call his album Hitler? And it's not like he, that was part of his meltdown. He wanted to call the album Hitler in 2018, which for those right. keeping track at home is almost five years ago. In the before times. But, I mean, the, the ironic thing of the guy getting thrown out of Skechers uh, because he was clearly yes. trying to bring the yay brand elsewhere. It's like by, by, the, by the end of next week, he's going to be parked in front of a discount shoe warehouse in Poughkeepsie, New York. Nope. Screaming about his, nope. his talent. No, by the end of next week, he's going to be a GOP Senate candidate. Like, that's the only place left, right? He runs for Senate in the GOP. You know, like they put, I mean, it's like he is practically on the Donald Trump trajectory. Look I mean, at his look, school. I mean, he's Herschel Walker with fewer known abortions at this point. Right. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, he started a school that failed. He had, he's been canceled from polite society. I mean, he basically now the only brand that will accept him is the GOP or the Daily Wire. You know, the the idea that, that rampant anti-Semitism doesn't have consequences. Scott Galloway had a chart about the rise of anti-Semitic attacks and the spike in the last three years is just absolutely remarkable. And I keep going back to this this story, like uh, I guess about three weeks ago now is when Tucker interviewed Kanye. And that, that moment where you found out that the outtakes were completely insane, raving, you know, (laughs) protocols, the elders of Zion, you know, Jews are sending replica children to 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 school. I, all of it was so. I mean, it really tells you who those people are because somebody in Fox, some producer was like, 
yeah, you know, we'll leave the crazy anti-Semitism in the cutting room floor, but we'll put the rest <laughs> of the crazy on TV. The mild anti-Semitism. Right. Just right. the just the just the thinly veiled anti-Semitism. But yeah, I mean, look, I think I think one of the, the great purges of Twitter uh, that happened during the Trump era, and it, it, especially right after Charlottesville, there was an enormous purge of these alt-right Peppy the Frog avatar, you know, clan, um, right. uh, you know, white supremacist dipshits from Twitter. And I, I, I'm seeing all of their their successors, and a lot of them are just the accounts they've done since then. You know, they can't wait to get back to business of turning Twitter into, you know, right. memes of of people like you and me in the ovens at Auschwitz, um, which, you know, I guess passes yeah. for humor in their world. But My favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Do not like do not well, like. I mean, I also think like I think that when you think about 4chan, right. Like 4chan is available for you can go on at any time you want. People don't want to go on 4chan. They don't like it. And I think like that, I think, is the probably the worst sign for Elon Musk is like people don't like 4chan. Ergo, you turn Twitter into 4chan. You kill Twitter. You kill $44 billion of equity. Uh, so I think that as much as he like wants to carry around a sink into headquarters, I think ultimately he doesn't want to destroy his career. But again, we don't know, right? I, I I would yesterday I thought, why is Elon carrying? And then I thought, no, don't think about that anymore. It doesn't serve any purpose. There's no there's no reason to even consider why Elon is carrying a sink around in the Twitter headquarters. Moving on into the world, but yeah, I do think. You know, I think Elon may 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 still be on the sugar high of owning the big platform, but there's probably going to be a day in, in in a week or a month or whenever it is where he wakes up and goes, "Oh fuck, I should be making yeah. rockets and cars and being the richest man on I earth." Mean, if it were me, I mean, I don't know if you read that. It was a piece in the Verge. By oh the yeah, welcome to hell. Yeah, right. And it really did lay out the disaster. I mean, look, he Elon Musk has now is on a like collision course with all the worst parts of social media, right? So the question is now, how do you manage content moderation? How do you stop disinformation? How, you're a publisher now, right? Like that's the end of the story. And I thought that was really interesting uh, that piece said that Basically, Biden and Trump have the same fantasy about Section 230, right? Like everybody, yeah. you know, the right is really worried about the Second Amendment, but they're coming for the first way before they come for the second. I think there is a weird belief on the right that is way overshooting what Elon's going to deliver for them, where they think that it's going to be, you know, the Donald Trump wonderland and no one will say anything and then and they'll they'll be they'll they'll turn the algorithm loose against the, against the the Antifa. <laughs> I mean, when, when you've got, I, I think it was Tommy Lauren who Tommy Lauren who the last time I checked the algorithm who the last time I checked was not a noted AI scientist or or mathematician or CS person was saying release the algorithm. You know, <laughs> I, this is. This is the kind of magical thinking that I just find delicious in the MAGA world. It's like they're so they're so disconnected from from reality. It's like they're the same people who think like that 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 you know boxes of ballots are hidden under every table with Democrats pre-marked on them, and that 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 right you know 
that George Soros secretly pulls the strings of every activity in America to the right of Sean, <laughs> to the left of Sean Hannity. I always well, say, George, thing- if George Soros was such a socialist mastermind, he's terrible at it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the the ultimately the larger problem with MAGA is that so many of these ideas are just like, you know, stupid misunderstandings or an inability to process information. So you have a group of people who have like the great minds of MAGA. And this was something I always thought about during the Trump presidency. Well, right? well, was well, that- well, Molly, 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 I have to wind you back there for one second. <laughs> the great minds of MAGA. Well, this is what I'm saying. The great minds of MAGA, needing quotes, of course, around great minds. Uh, the great minds of MAGA include, there are none, right? Like the the greatest thinker of MAGA is who, right? Is it, Tom, I mean, Clarence Thomas? Michael you know, Anton. I mean, right? I mean, it's not a, this is not a, this is not a group of geniuses. And so ultimately that is sort of what, that is the only kind of, <laughs> the only bright spot in all of this. Well, I think that the idea of, a, of a, an intellectually robust MAGA movement is something that you guys like Ben Shapiro really treasure when he's up there <laughs> squeaking like a like an animated chipmunk. I will destroy them, the libs with facts and logic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's a constant it's a constant drumbeat. They hate intellectuals until they find someone they think is one on their side. They hate celebrities right. until they find someone that they think is on their side. They hate academics until they find someone they think is on their side. <laughs> it's always yeah. like oh the 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 C tier. But the interesting thing, I mean, that I just want to go back to this for a second because we're talking about Kanye. So. Uh, the person Kanye appears with before he like descends into madness is Candace Owens. Right. They're pals. They're buddies. You never want to be the person that the celebrity hangs out with on their way to the manic episode. You know, that's a great rule. We should, we should, we should get that on a t-shirt because (laughs) I mean, and even Candace Owen, even Candace Owen, who is nothing but a professional troll. Yeah. I mean, that, well, that is, and also a charlatan. Well, I would. Yeah, of course. And 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 yeah. and, and one of those one of that strange pool of women who all came from the same talent agency and all of a sudden became right wing right. stars. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think that when you've got the Daily Wire and Charl and and Candace Owen backing away, it's time to back yes. away. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because it's like you know I, I'm a Jewish. I come from a family where of Jewish liberals, grandparents were Jewish liberals, great-grandparents in the shtetl, they were Jewish liberals. And, you know, conservative liberals love to tell us that, like, Jewish liberals aren't really Jews, Jewish liberals are traitors to Judaism. Right. And it's like, you guys got in bed with these guys who think the Holocaust was not a bad idea. Like, hello? I mean, it's just sort of shocking to me. You know, you, you you just reminded me of something, Molly. Uh, you know, and I can remember you and I used to have an awful lot of fun with two spectacular examples of MAGA Americanus, Jack Berkman and Jacob Wool, who we learned this. <laughs> They're week, in jail. Are going to jail for a long time. I can't. <laughs> I'm so I miss those little guys. That, those Jacob those delightful Berkman. little scamps. Didn't you go to one I... of the events at Jacob's yes. house? <laughs> Yes. When I used to like not be so paranoid, I went to one of their or maybe more than one of their weird press conferences in Virginia. Right. 
and they used to happen on their st- on the steps outside of That's Jack right. Berkman's condo, condo or something. <laughs> yeah, and they would be a lot of like weird sort of performance art things. I mean, that's the other thing that I always am impressed by. And that was something impressed me about the Trump administration and also impresses me about Fox News. There is a low tech quality to it that is kind of amazing. It's low tech, but it feels like it's real in some capacity. It feels it feels very in touch. It's like the family member who's who says, don't worry, I can tape the wedding. I'm I'm a good videographer. I'll tape the wedding. You know, and and ninety nine percent of it is is him staring down some bridesmaid's dress for the for the entire time. But I'm yeah. The, I just I, I love the fact that they're actually going to prison. That is going to be that is I, I, yeah. Jacob Wool is absolutely going to thrive in prison. He's going to prosper there. I think he's going to have a great time. Mainly because he's uh, going to be like, no. administrative segregation I after like the first not. time he gets his ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene in Zoolander uh, 2 where yeah. Mogadu is walking out of the prison. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't so, know. Go so on. back to Twitter for a second and Elon and the, 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 the incoming delights of the return of Donald Trump to Twitter. What's right. your over under on A, when he's back? Um, and B, yeah. what's, your, what's, your, what's your bet on the first tweet back? Uh, something to the haters and the losers. I'm back (laughs) to the haters and the losers. Um, Elon said this thing about content moderation. Right. And, uh, I think that that means he's going to at least pretend to have some kind of content moderation or some kind of like meeting with the four people who still work there to decide who is going to, you know, whether or not they're going to take Trump back. I mean, I do think ultimately they take Trump back. I'm still, again, like we were talking about this earlier, like I'm no fan of the terrible misinformation that Trump spews. I do think having Trump back on the platform will ultimately uh, cause him to be more central in the midterms. And right. tends to be Democrats win when Republicans look like crazy fascists, which when Donald Trump gets back on the platform, they will. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, and I think the net net effect of Trump being back on the platform uh, for, for, for people who aren't MAGAs is terrific. I think the overall the overall degree to which those soft Republicans who could sort of squint at, back in the old days and right. say, well, I like the policies, but I don't like those tweets. When once those right. tweets are back in their face again, it's a really different right. thing because that's when you're, you know, that that's when you're at at Whole Foods and your friend says, "Oh God, he just tweeted about you know putting trans people in camps or whatever random bullshit right, right, right. is going to come out of his mouth." And folks, if you think Donald Trump is more disciplined today than he was when he was in the White House, let me disabuse you of this notion. Does anyone think that though? I mean, I feel like. The Trump is never going to be disciplined, but he is tired, tireder. Yeah, he's well, he's punchy though. I don't, I, I mean, some people get right. tired and quiet. He's one of the, he's a, he's like uh, the the noisy drunk, um, and the and the right. the, the guy who gets louder and more and more aggro the the worse the day the longer the day gets, and I, I'm just 
you know, let's be honest. You and I have been creatures of this social media thing for a, for a few years, which is how we met. That's our meet cute story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it never ceases to amaze me that when he left, his numbers went up. When he was gone, his numbers went up. When he was off the platform, his numbers were, were improving. His, what do you mean, his, his popularity? His popularity went up after he left the platform. When Trump was the, an idea, when Trump was sort of a concept, again, to people, they, they, they had nostalgia about it. Right. And they liked it. Because literally no one's on True Social. Right. There, right. there are more people on the, average, <laughs> on the average Greyhound bus than there are on True Social. <laughs> and that claim he makes, there are bigger numbers on True Social than Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and every other platform. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Tell me more about your rich fantasy life, Donald. Um, no, I think that uh I think that it's gonna be really I think that the more Trump is in the center, like actually the thing that mm-hmm. maybe saves America from this uh right leaning authoritarianism is Trump because he is unpalatable. I, I think that's exactly right. And I think you know, his return to Twitter, the end of this election cycle, and his announcement for 2024 are going to compress into a period of a couple of weeks a lot of very powerful emotions about where the country's going and about him. And I do think right. there's a degree to which, you know, the 2024 race, which begins the second the the polls close, he's going to become that that centerpiece again of everything. I don't love it. It's not going to be the clean slate he had in 2015, where it was like, oh, it's the apprentice guy. You know, now right. he's sort of a known quantity and unpleasantly so. Right. And I also think like some of the free media he got, like, I can't imagine a world where like MS puts him on for half an hour anymore. You I know? think that's right. I think that's right. And, and s- some of that, like, oh my God, it's racism. This is shocking. Like you can't do that anymore because right. you know that's who he is. Right. It's it's built. It, it's baked in the cake. Um, right. It's not shocking. It's just uh, who he is. So, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, was attacked in their San Francisco home by a man with a hammer, who was in the house screaming, uh, "Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy?" Apparently, fairly severely injured by this guy. Who we're starting to see the usual stuff. He was a uh, conspiracist. He was a anti-vax crazy person. All the all the usual signs and signifiers of the far right QAnon craziness. I mean, uh, Molly, uh, I have a sense that unfortunately this isn't one more. You know, once once you get a number of outliers, they're not outliers anymore. They become part of a pattern. And I unfortunately think this is a preview of things to come rather than just you know a single marker out there. What are your what are you what are you thinking about this this Horrible uh, attack. You and I are so negative. I know, right? Uh, but I, I think, unfortunately, Molly, these attacks are going to be more common rather than less. And you, you can call me negative on this, but but uh, I've just seen this tide of of incitement rolling and rolling and rolling, and they and they equate they equate like, oh, well, somebody in Portland set a dumpster on fire, therefore. You know, it's the same thing as trying to beat Nancy Pelosi to death with a hammer. I mean, it, it is if you if, yeah. if you're in a country where political violence becomes a a common part of of the vernacular, 
you're not in a country that that is run by you know small small d democratic principles anymore no i mean i think that's right i i would also say that you know i mean I don't know how we don't know how it goes down. I hope it doesn't. I hope that we uh, that people come back to their senses. You know, I don't know how it plays out. I, I mean, I think like the more that people can try to take down the temperature in every possible way that will help. Look, Biden is president right now, which is good. Uh, and, you know, thank God Trump isn't president right now. And um you know, it's scary, and I think it is definitely very scary. But I hope it doesn't come back. Well, to that. Um, we're we're probably in for more of it rather than less. I'm sorry to say, but at least Facebook and Fox don't radicalize people and teach them uh, to believe in absolutely insane batshit theories um, about lizard people. And you know, I'm always surprised that there's no that there isn't like a moment when any of these people are like okay, this is enough. Like where anybody sort of has a moment of remember, Remember, remember like, five minutes ago. You think that someone. Right, remember five minutes ago when, when Lachlan Murdoch was, there, there were floating stories about Lachlan Murdoch. Like, oh, he's not like his dad. He's, 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 he's not like his dad. He doesn't want Fox to be the same kind of horrible, you know, shit show and, and conspiracy website, you know, uh, conspiracy channel. And well, how'd that work out for us? Because the the inmates run the fucking asylum at yeah. Fox, obviously. But no, and look, if you've if you've met a, right. a Fox producer, I mean, the idea that there's too far that you can go too far. I mean, let's 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 you know, looping back to the beginning of the conversation, right. they Not were people right. who yeah. just had Kanye on the air when they had hour an hour of him ranting anti-Semitic lunacy. So, it's quite something. Uh yeah, no, I. So agree. what are you? And I think ultimately, but it is, there's the Dominion lawsuit. I mean, there are also like, you know, ultimately there are these lawsuits coming down the pike. Dominion, you know, is suing Fox for millions of dollars. A bi- I mean, billion, a billion. There, you know, this has not, billion, yeah. So these things have not necessarily played no, I agree out with that. yet. I agree with that. Well, so Molly. Not to be optimistic. I'd never want to be optimistic. I was just going to say, you know, I think of you as like Little Miss Sunshine and a a person who is relentlessly optimistic in the face of a dark and... I am like just a little less, we're all going to die then. Well, yeah. I mean... Like just a tiny bit. Look, I mean, we are all going to die eventually when the sun finally goes supernova and reduces the earth to a burnt cinder, leaving nothing on it but Ted Cruz. Um, uh, yeah, Ted Cruz will survive the nuclear there's no, apocalypse. There's None no of us will, it. but Ted. I, I hear there are some changes afoot in your in your in your publishing. Oh yes, I'm going. No, <laughs> I left the Atlantic. I am going to a new publication. I cannot say where yet, but you can. Co- but it's cat fancy. It's house and horse, horse and hound. <laughs> I am their, yes, I am their grouse <laughs> consultant. Uh, I do a, a skeet shooting okay. column, uh, horse and hound. You're my dream. You're my dream girl. But you know, I also would like to plug. <laughs> I would also like to plug my podcast, which I I'm pretty sure 
a certain person is going to be on on is it, is it Mitch episode. It's called is Fast Mitch McConnell going on your podcast, Molly? Yes, it's Mitch. <laughs> the problem with your Mitch McConnell is like sooner or later it veers into Bill and, Clinton. You know, the Bill Clinton is so easy for me. It's like it's like one of my best ones. You know, Molly. I know. There's just there's, know. women just have to understand one thing about themselves. <laughs> That the number of orgasms in the world is unlimited, and and, and it, <laughs> and yet oh. and yet you're like it could be him. <laughs> it's not completely clear that it's not Bill Clinton. Like you think, well, it's pro- it's probably not Bill Clinton, but it's not completely clear. Um, I'm gonna watch this last week up until the midterms with dread and mm-hmm. despair. Though I do think, I mean, like a few things, the early voting is huge. There's a lot of early voting. Again, we don't know how that cuts. My friend told me her mother in Florida early voted. She's a Republican. Mm -hmm. You told me that DeSantis is quite, is motivating early voting in Florida. He's still going to win, but. Uh, He's. There's no No, world in which Charlie Chris wins. I mean, sorry, sorry, folks. Just real talk here. You know, when you spend fifty million dollars and your opponent is like scrapping for pocket change, it's not going to happen. So, but I do think. I, well, also, there's no infrastructure. I mean, we talk about this all the time in Florida. Who's registering Democratic voters in nobody Florida? Nobody except groups. Nobody except groups that we're supporting. It's right. certainly not the Florida Democratic <laughs> Party. People, right. Well, I do think that. Uh, yeah, I mean that's. I, mean, I do think it's all. It's so close in so many places. That the tension level, I think, is going to be pretty unbearable for a lot of Americans. It's going to be pretty gross. Yeah, I'm sure I'll feel great then because I tend to be very even Clearly. and not neurotic. Uh, I'll just be calm. I won't call you hysterically about the death of democracy. I mean, that in my mind, the things that I'm the most worried about, and you tell me if you think I'm crazy, uh, if Democrats could keep the governorship in Arizona and mm-hmm. Nevada, Wisconsin and Michigan, all important swing states, we can have free and fair elections in 24. In my mind, that should be I think we're job gonna be one. fine in Michigan. I feel a little better about Wisconsin than I did maybe 10 days ago. I'm not home there yet. I feel a little better about Nevada than I did 10 days ago. I do not feel good about Arizona. Wow, I think Cuckoo Pants is gonna is gonna, and look, I mean, she is a Republicans have dis- discovered a secret sauce with candidates, and they're rare, thankfully, and that is people like celebrities, people like people they've seen on their TV screens a lot. They like seeing a familiar face, and she's a familiar face, and she's she's phenomenal on camera. She's very talented on camera. I mean, from she does. She does both that like sort of like uh, newscaster poised, you know, slight head tilt, uh, you know, great delivery. Even when she's saying crazy shit, she's pretending and she's reading off the prompter. She's, you know, she's 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 Rhonda Burgundy. It's it it's it sounds great because she's just done it so many times. But you and I have talked about this a lot. And the thing that I think Democrats have really missed out on are these celebrity candidates. Mm-hmm. And it's because Democrats are sort of like too moral and upstanding to like go along with something that they deem kind of sleazy. But I do think like, 
especially someone like a George Clooney in uh, in uh, Tennessee, you know, where he grew up in Tennessee or, you know, I mean, like there certainly is a place for that. Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California. And, you know, it wasn't because they knew he was a gifted. He turned out, I think, to be okay. But it wasn't because he was a gifted politician. It was because he was a celebrity. I mean, like, obviously, Republicans are smart about this. They I, I when they're doing candidate recruitment next time, like this year, McConnell's people were out looking for clones of Glenn Youngkin. So in Ohio, they went after Jane. They were going to try to have Jane Timken, right. and in Georgia, David Perdue, and in uh, Pennsylvania, Dave McCormick. But Trump didn't let him. Right. Didn't but let Trump, them get Trump them. Said, um, that he was going to spoil Mitch's party no matter what. So right, uh, it's not it, the house is not going to be pretty. We just have to face that. Um, and uh, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene being the most powerful. <laughs> but I'm less worried about the house than I am about these governorships because I don't think like the house, you know, with a Marjorie Taylor Greene as the speaker of the house, or it won't be her. But you know, she'll be on judiciary or something. That's going to be no, I mean, really look, embarrassing, and it's going to ultimately she's going to have control of that caucus. She's going to have control of that caucus, top to bottom. They're going to they're going to bark like dogs when she says, "Kevin, I want you to do X," and Kevin's going to say, "Can I polish your car your car rims after?" Because and that's not a euphemism, everybody. That's just right. a joke. Um, <clears throat> yeah, very classy. I, it's good to specify that. Um, I still think though. I'm not convinced that uh, I'm not convinced that McCarthy no, ends I'm not up either. as speaker. And listen, I still think uh, I well, not think I know. Elise Stefanik is still out talking to people, and she hopes that she can trick Donald Trump into saying, "Lazy Kevin McCarthy could have done better if he'd only embraced me." Elise Stefanik <laughs> has always been loyal. Oh, I sure. could see that, and of though. course, Jim Jordan it would would also take that seat in a hot minute. And Steve Scalise is the submarine candidate. He's out there lurking around, thinking about it too. So it's a it's a Jim Jordan. The calculus. If Jim Jordan takes that seat and becomes the Speaker of the House, I think that completely kills Republicans. Oh, look, I, they they. I think that's absolutely right. But I also think they can't resist the idea that they're going to go into Hunter Biden's laptop for a year and. Impeaching Fauci and impeaching no. Biden and impeaching Harris. They're yeah. going to do what Republicans did in 1998, but, 96, and they're going to fuck themselves. Yeah, that's what I think too. Like, I, the, again, Hunter Biden, like them going after like Hunter Biden, like this kid who could never get his shit together, who has all these dead siblings, like, Okay, like you think that's gonna win you friends and influence people? Like, I mean, it's the laptop from hell. Okay, but he still right. doesn't work in the government. He's still like, I mean, I just am not convinced that this is like the winner they think it is. And then what they're gonna jail eighty, you know, an octogenarian doctor who spent his whole life working at the National right. Institute of Health and Allergies. I mean. That, you know, you can have Jim Jordan screaming at this elderly doctor about how he doesn't, you know, why couldn't you prescribe, you know, some crazy malaria medicine? I mean, like, is that a great look? You know, I'm not convinced. The idea that they were going to drag Bill Clinton down in 96 and 98 
was what led to all the predicates that that destroyed the Republican majority. After that blowout year of 1994, they bled out almost every one of those seats because they overreached and they decided they were going to pursue whatever the you know hot flavor of the of of that that year that era's version of the MAGA lunacy was. Newt Gingrich. The worst person in the world, who you were probably friends no, with. Were you friends no, with I wasn't Newt Gingrich? Really friends with Newt. Um, we knew each other, but as someone sure. as someone once said, "Do you ever hang no, out with I've Newt never Gingrich?" Hung out with Newt Gingrich. I had a dinner with him one time, and I I realized about thirty minutes into the dinner that this is the dumb person's idea of a smart person, where that like like right. he's the Wikipedia version of an intellectual. He's Ben Shapiro, but with like pleated khaki pants i i, I have to high. say molly I, I there was an era where i had where i enjoyed pleated khaki pants in the, in the 80s they were they were quite fetching oh they i were don't quite fetching, i must say <laughs> <laughs> well listen molly thank you so 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 much for joining me today it is great to be back on the on on the pod on the pod hustle with you from the enemies list of fast politics i love this well molly thank you again all right, so the enemies list today. Everyone's expecting I'm going to go with Elon Musk because, look, it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. The guy got played in a deal that started out as a troll, ended up costing him $44 billion, and now he's about to turn the platform into a raging, toxic waste dump on the on the pinnacle of Burning Tire Mountain outside of Clown Town uh, by letting Donald Trump back on the platform and all the weirdos and all the alt-writers and all the you know, Holocaust deniers and, and, and the crazies. Well, I'm not that Elon's punishment will come as it comes by having to run this site at, uh, at where the fundamentals will never, will never sufficiently pay him back. No, actually today, uh, reflecting on this attack by a guy who was quite clearly inspired by conspiracy theories that are pumped out by people like Tucker Carlson at Fox that are pumped out and, and amplified on platforms like Facebook over and over and over again. They're an element, both Fox and Facebook, they are elements of an amplification system inside the right that doesn't have a sense of discretion, doesn't have a sense of of throttling whether or not they should be amplifying certain messages. And so when you have people who are convinced that the world is run by, you know, a, a cabal of, of cannibals in a pizza restaurant, or that lizard aliens run uh, the world, or that, or that the Jews are a global conspiracy to suppress, um, you know, white nationalism. When you have all those things, they have to be amplified somewhere and somehow, and the place they get amplified is by Facebook and is by Fox. Fox has yet to have any sanction about this sort of thing really applied to them. I hope that at some point someone brings the uh, an Alex Jones-style action against them because the kind of things they say and do are leading to these sort of violent attacks. There is a proximate, um, there's a proximate connection to these attacks, and I think it is something that we really, really have to face up to as a country. I know that Facebook has hired 4,792,000 lobbyists in D.C., but at some point, someone needs to stand up and say, you are being used as a vector for the most dangerous, inflammatory, and violent rhetoric, well beyond the bounds of any First Amendment protections as a publisher. Because if you want to be a publisher, tell us now. 
and and well outside the bounds of their supposed terms of service. Those two those two platforms are absolutely the most corrosive things to American democracy and to this American republic. And so today, Fox and Facebook, get your shit together. You're on the enemies list. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Enemies List. If you have comments or questions, you can hit me up on Twitter at TheRickWilson. Or as long as we have Twitter, now that Elon Musk has taken over. We'll have some more ways for you to reach us very soon, because we're excited by the growth of the podcast so far. It is ranked number four in American politics podcasts uh, after the first episode. And folks, that's all about you. And I am so enormously grateful. And I feel so very blessed to have people who want to engage with with the pod. Of course, I would love for you to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We're available everywhere on every single platform. If you could share it with your friends on your social networks, that would be amazing. And of course, if you could rate it, that helps too. Those are the sort of ritualistic things we ask at the end of every show, but it really will make a difference in growing this. We want to be a, a place where you have a powerful voice out here in the world as we talk about the people who are trying to wreck this country and what we can do about it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The Enemies List.